Hello and welcome to you, our faithful fellow cast listener. We are on a Bring Your Own Bible episode today and we've transitioned into a new book from the book of Numbers. We are going into Deuteronomy today. Welcome, Garth. Yeah, thank you very much. I can't help but think fellow casters. Fellow casters. Sounds like something that comes out of Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) We've become the fellow casters now. Fellows in the casting podcasting business. Yes, listen, yes, we are in Deuteronomy and... um, uh, it's it's the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. Okay. Yeah, Jesus himself quotes from, Deuter- uh, from Deuteronomy. That's sure. um, so many of the statements that we know in the New Testament that Jesus made. Yeah. Comes from Deuteronomy. So okay. it is interesting as you read through it that this pop out to you. Yeah. And love the Lord your God with all your heart. Yes. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. You must so, get a Bible like mine because where Jesus quotes the Old Testament, it's, it's in bold black letters. Ah. Or obviously when it's him speaking, it's red, but it kind of makes it different, looks different than the rest yeah, of Scripture. No, so cheating. you know it's from the Old Testament. <laughs> but now I know it's from Deuteronomy as well. <laughs> yeah. So what we're going to do today is we're literally going to fly through the book of Deuteronomy. Okay. And Deuteronomy, the word means second law. Okay. The second law. So the setting of it is incredibly important. Um, because it changes the way you're going to read it. Mm. Uh, By this time, Moses is now 120 years old. He spent 40 years um, in the palace growing up and um, being trained up as a leader of Egypt, and then 40 years in the desert leading the nation out, um, or or first looking after the sheep, sorry, after he ran away, looking after the sheep as a shepherd, so that's literally from zero to zero, and then coming back, being used for 40 years by God to lead them to this point where finally he makes this speech. And um, most people reading through it will say it's three big speeches that he makes. It reads very different from the other books that Moses wrote because it is speeches. Mm. And it's the second law in that it's a a recapping of everything that he shared with them. Mm. He catches up on the history of where they've traveled, um, he reminds them of key events over the past 40 years. Okay. And um, then all throughout, he's urging them to do three things. First thing is remember. Um, as you go through the book, it's impossible to miss that word. It jumps up at you all the time. Remember, mm. remember. And it's an incredibly important word for us as well um, to just echo in our hearts to say, do not forget what the Lord has done for me, Mm. not just dying for me on the cross, but in my walk with him, remember the healings, remember his faithful provision. Mm. Um, remember the breakthroughs that he's brought. Remember the people that he brought alongside of me, the words, the prophetic words that he spoke to me for encouragement, all of those things. Mm. Um, and we're going to find that they fail to do that. They fail to remember who their God is. And therefore, eventually, they're going to come to their knees and cry out to him and say, please save us from our enemies. Mm, mm. The second word uh, or phrase that jumps out is, fear the Lord, your God. And many of the stories that he recaps for them, like that um, two years at the mountain, he says, the Lord spoke to you with an audible voice from the mountain so that you would fear the Lord, your God, and therefore you will obey him. And then the last one, which actually jumps out more than anything else, is love the Lord your God. Mm. Love. Do not forget to love the Lord. Um, make him your, your everything. Yes. Um, which is 
where Jesus then quotes from when he gives us the great commandment. Mm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. That is the fulfillment of it. So in the setting of a year, you can see how perfect it is Mm. in the speech that he's speaking to them when he says, after giving all these laws and instruction, therefore, love the Lord your God. Mm. Mm. It just sums everything up. If you love him, you're going to want to obey him. Yeah, that's Beautiful, true. eh? And that's what he says himself. If you love me, you will obey me. Yes. Um, so you can get the picture of them on that plain of Moab after those events in Numbers that we spoke about last week, this great battle, and they took possession of the first territory, the mm. first soil that now is Israel soil. And um, they're about to cross over the Jordan River. They already know that Joshua's the next man to follow yes. up after Moses. They already know that Moses is not going to go into the land. He's going to leave them on this side of the Jordan, Mm -hmm. on the eastern side of the Jordan River. And therefore, he calls them together and says, all right, my children, let me now remind you of everything we've been through. And let me sort of summarize for you everything that I spoke and wrote down for you. And then I'm going to leave Joshua's going to take over and you're going to go into the promised land. Yeah. So that's the whole setting of it. Now, I'm going to just quickly quote a whole bunch of verses okay. out of the book to sort of let you catch the heart of it. Because um, I think it can be very, by, by this time, we've already read through numbers. We've read through Leviticus and Exodus and all of those laws. So we can be very weary of going into Deuteronomy. But listen, it's impossible to miss this man's passion for God in the book of Deuteronomy. It reads very different from Numbers, Leviticus, and Exodus. It's literally this old man with a deep love for the nation and a deep love for God speaking. And if you look at it with those glasses, it's beautiful. changes the way you read it. It really, you fall in love with Moses and his love for God. And you succumb at the end of it and you say, that's what I want. Yeah. I want this relationship with God. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just going to jump in and um, please do in chapter four and please interrupt me as we go along, Volder, because every one of them is going to be a, a thought jogger. Yeah, trigger something. Um, he says, uh, chapter four, verse six, observe them carefully. This is now the commands of the Lord. Uh, and the whole chapter is a please obey the Lord chapter. Uh, For this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I'm setting before you today? Isn't it beautiful, that statement, eh? Yeah. He's just boasting and saying, we're different yeah. because our God is with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's jump over to chapter 5. And there he's um, recounting the giving of the Ten, Ten commandments. commandments. In verse 22, he says, These are the commandments the Lord proclaimed in a loud voice to your whole assembly there on the mountain from out of the fire, the cloud and the deep darkness. And he added nothing more. Then he wrote them on two stone tablets and gave them to me. Now think about it, 40 years later, mm. you're reminded of this. Yes, yeah. There was a day when we stood at the foot of a mountain and we heard God's voice. <laughs> and Moses came walking down the mountain with God's own handwriting on these stu- oh. stone tablets that we still have. Yeah. Hey? 
And then he says, following on to what have happened, um, right from the middle of verse 24, Today we have seen that a person can live even if God speaks to them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a thought. It's a different, a different uh, way in from what we know before. If you, if you see God's face, you will surely die. Yeah. And we know Moses spoke to God face to face as well. Yeah. And then he just recounts the fact that they then said to God, no. Verse 27, you go near and listen to all that the Lord our God says. Then tell us whatever the Lord our God tells you. We will listen and obey. Mm. It's just too much for them. They couldn't handle. Yeah. Um, chapter 6, you just have to go read the whole chapter, please. Just yeah. this urging to love God. But from verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. That verse over there is called the Shema. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Jews call it the Shema. It's the, it's the crux statement of their faith. Okay. The Lord our God is one. Why would that be? Because all the nations around them are pagan. Mm. They serve Many multiple gods. gods. Evil gods, good gods, nice gods, nasty gods, yeah. small gods, demigods, big gods. But they come and they say, no, there's one God. So for them, everything they believed Hinges hangs on, on this that. statement, which they say, this is the Shema, yeah. the cornerstone of our faith. Okay. And then it says, verse 5, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. And then it's that whole um, statement of when you go out, when you come in, speak mm. about it. Um, yeah, it's one of those lovely verses out of Deuteronomy. And then this warning uh, from the middle of verse 11. Uh, when you go into the land, you're going to have houses that you haven't built and all of that. When you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Mm. Verse 15, for the Lord your God who is among you, he is a jealous God. That name of God is Elkanah. Okay. It's a God that burns with jealousy. So again, out of Deuteronomy, you get to know just different aspects of God. Who God is, yeah. Yeah, and that's a holy jealousy because he's jealous for me. I'm very glad God is a jealous God yeah. because he wants all of me for all of him. Yes, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's not a fair exchange on his part. No. We get the best of it. Yeah, just one last verse maybe there out of... Um, Chapter 6, verse 24, the Lord commanded us to obey all of these degrees and to fear the Lord, um, to fear the Lord our God, so that we may always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. Mm. So that's one of those interesting ones, the fear of the Lord, isn't it? We actually spent a whole month at some yeah. stage just digging through it, but you, you can all your life just unpack what does the fear of fear the Lord of mean? God, yeah. Well, the, the Proverbs say the, the, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. But it's true. I think we often wa want to water it down because we don't want, we, how can a Christian fear God? How, or should you be afraid of God? You know, mm -hmm. well, yes, we should. But in many ways, it's, it's not as simple and straightforward as you say. Like you said, mm -hmm. it's something to be studied and discovered all throughout life. Yeah. Because God is, he's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's magnificent. He's too big for us to comprehend. How can that not be a fearful thing? Yes. Especially if you read these, you know, the fire on the mountain and everything shakes. And I mean, I, I can't think that I won't be afraid Yeah. If, if God shows up in that way. You know, I think it's, 
I think it's beautiful to read Moses saying that mm. because he's called the friend of God. Mm. And God says, I speak to him face to face as to a friend. Yeah. Remember he said that to Miriam yes. when they um, disrespected him. Um, so for him to say, fear the Lord your God, that puts it into a beautiful perspective. Yeah. You can be a friend of God, yes. Uh, but if I can put it glibly, you're not a pal yes. of God. You're not on level terms with him. He is still, He's God, still God. And in friendship with him, you still fear him. Yes. Yeah. But listen to the result of it. Uh, that you fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive. What does your translation say? Just quickly give the verse again. Verse 24 out of chapter 6. Oh, I lost you there. Just turn back. 24. The Lord commanded us to follow all these statutes and to fear the Lord our God for our prosperity always and for our preservation as it is today. Okay. Prosperity and preservation. Yeah. That's the result of fearing God. Sure. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I can't help because yesterday I was reading from Joshua. Yes. Uh, I jumped ahead a little bit and I then you get to see, especially in the first chapters, how they actually start implementing these things, you know, yes. where they're remembering when they cross the Jordan. I know, I'm sh I know we're going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm getting excited because I'm reading all these refrains and then I realized, well, Joshua got a lot of it right, especially yes. in the beginning. Especially, yeah. 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 And the elders with him. Yeah. And then in Judges at all, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll Let's get stay there. positive for now. Yeah. I can do it. Um, in chapter 7, verse 9, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generation of those who love him and keep his commands. But those who hate him, he will repay to their face by destruction. He will not be slow to repay their to their face those who hate him. Um, that's sort of the balance of the justice and the love and the grace and the mercy of God. Mm. And fortunately for us, as we seek him, that verse 10 landed on Jesus. He was repaid for all of my sin, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. One or two more over here out of chapter 8. Um, I'm going to jump in there in the middle of verse 3. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus quoted that, right? Mm. Um, verse 5. Know then. In your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Mm. That's a quote in Hebrews. Yeah. Um, verse 17. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. That's not when they've moved into the land and they've got all those cities and lands. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Rob has spoken a lot out of this yes. eh, when he spoke about the blessed life and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Now, out of that statement, I think I want to jump forward um, because there's this whole picture of how the Lord wants them to prosper. Um, he's going to say to them, oh, let me just check my notes here to get the chapter. Um, it's chapter 15. He's just the way in which they need to live. And part of that way is that every seven years, they have to cancel all debts. Okay. Is that the year of Jubilee? No, not, not. quite. No, no, not quite. Um, but they just cancel all debts. Okay. And say, no, you don't owe me anything anymore. 
Um, and the result of it is, verse 4, However, there need be no poor people among you. For in the land your Lord is giving you to possess as your inheritance, he will richly bless you. If only you fully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow his decrees. What a massive statement to yeah. make for an entire country in the land that the Lord is leading you into. There needs to be no poor people. Mm. right? Because the land is able to sustain everybody. Um, but then in verse 11 it says, There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Hmm. That's kind, eh? Yeah. So it says there doesn't need to be poor people. But there will be. There will. Because people make bad choices. Yeah. They fall into bad places. Um, but even so, be gracious and open-handed mm. so that the Lord may supply for them as well. Yeah. It's interesting when God gives a, he says, you know, it doesn't need to be this way. Mm. And he gives you the, he gives you the kind of resource. To the how to. The yeah. how to, yes. But then he also gives the, if you don't, if you don't get it right, that's just grace. There's so much grace when you, when you read this, Yeah. Uh, when you go, well, he, he even as a contingency plan, because he knows we're going to sin. Yeah. 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 Ne? And then he says, if, if any of the, uh, during those, it is the year of Jubilee. Sorry, man. I, I said, no, it is. If any of the Hebrew people fell into slavery during that time, and then you're going to set them free. Mm -hmm. And then he says, and when you release them, do not send them away empty-handed. Mm. In other words, this guy I've now served me for five years or seven years or however long. When the year comes and I let him go, bless him that he's back on his feet. Yeah. Just how beautiful the Lord provides this whole system of restoring people yeah. who fell into bad spaces. Wow. You're not locked into poverty for the yeah. rest of your life. There's a period of restoration. Yeah. A uh, second chance. Yes. Yeah, and then even if I mess up, maybe a fourth or a fifth chance. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> and the Lord is gracious. Yeah. Um, then I want to jump to, um, to a bit of a hard section. In chapter 17, 18, and 21, we get three different cases in which the death penalty is given. All right. Now, even if we don't agree with the death penalty, I'm just putting it out there. Many people believe we shouldn't have it, as we in our country don't have it at the moment. Yes. Even if we disagree, look at God's heart for when he says... Um, this is now a moment to let somebody die for what he has done. Yes. Yeah. Um, because it, it urges us to think about the, the urgency that God wants them to be blessed. Mm -hmm. That's the whole heart of the book is I'm giving you instructions so that you can have a blessed life. Okay. All right. So the first one in chapter 17 is if somebody worships another God. All right. Now, we cannot implement that today. No. Because there's freedom, freedom of religion, of religion yes. right? And um, the New Testament makes it clear that the kingdom of God is going to be across borders. So there's no time in which a nation should ever say, if you don't believe what I believe, I put you to death. Mm. Because that's not a heart's decision. Yeah. It's not a I believe with a heart and I choose to. All right. In this setting, it was I want to be living in this nation. I want to be a part of this nation. I want to be an Israelite. Mm then the prerequisite is, all right, as long as you're an Israelite staying in this land, you worship the Lord our God. Mm. Otherwise, leave the country. Yeah. All right? It's a very different setting over here. Yeah, that's true. Um, but isn't it interesting that the Lord says, if then in Israel 
somebody worships the sun, that's the statement he makes. Worships the sun, bows down to any of the idols, the detestable islands of the uh, idols of the land. Um, then, if there's two or more witnesses that this has happened, you take him outside the city gate, and then it says the witnesses must be the first people to start stoning him, and then the entire city wow. to make a statement: we do not worship other gods. Mm. Now, it sounds incredibly harsh, but consider what comes with the gods of the land where they stayed, because it's difficult. We must actually have a ask the pastors at some stage. I got a question yesterday about why was David so cruel in the way that he killed out the Canaanites? Mm. How can that be right? Yeah. These people Good question. killed their own children as sacrifices wow. for the idols of the land. Both Molech and Chemosh are um, idols that demanded ch child sacrifice. So consider up the west coast over here, there's a little village and somebody built some temple kind of thing there. And then they come to the temple and Baal is worshipped there or Ashtaroth. So there's temple prostitution, male shrine prostitutes and female. All right. Already we'll say, flip. Despicable. Yeah. Who, who wants to go there? All right. Yeah. It's not a good society. But then, all right, they've got the the Chemosh or the Molech gods over there, which is a copper god, and they make a, a fire at the back. Sorry, it's quite gruesome. Gruesome, But then you'll burn your child alive. Oh. What will happen? First of all, the police will rock up there. Yeah. If they somehow resist it, the, the military will rock up there. They will eventually blow the place apart. Mm. There will be war to get rid of them. Mm. That's what happens here. Yeah. So that's why God said, you will not, because it's not good for you. Yeah. It's not good for your children. All right? Mm. He loves them. Makes sense. <laughs> yes. The, the second one then is quite something similar, chapter 18, when it says, for occult practices. Uh, from verse 9, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, you um, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nation. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their sons or daughters in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, uh, interprets omens, engages in witchcrafts, or casts spells, who is a medium or a spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Uh, because the same detestable practice of the Lord your God drove these nations out. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. All right? Similar things, but broadened out to say not just the idols, but um, uh, omens mm. and casting spells and stuff like that. All yeah. right? Calling up spirits. Spirits, yeah. And then a very interesting one, chapter 21. It's taking a, a turn, but this is also a death penalty. It says... Um, if someone, verse 18, has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother and will not listen to them when they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders at the gate of this town. They shall say to the elders, the son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town are to stone him to death. You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear it and be afraid. What do you think of that, Valdi? That's intense. It's, I mean, that's like my son didn't obey me. Let's take him out and kill him. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if I would want to do that. The, listen, it's not a once-off thing. Eh? Mm. This the, is a he, repeated behavior. Yes, he is a glutton and a drunkard. Yeah. In other words, 
his rebellion take him to the stage where it's destroying his life and it's bringing down the morale of the city. Yeah. But what does it say about God? Even though we will not do this today, mm. what does it say about God's heart? Disobedience brings destruction. Mm. All right? Make sure you bring up your children in the way that you should go because when they're old, the word says, they will not depart from it. Yeah. They will live a blessed life. God is saying, does it? Ill-discipline is going to kill you. Mm. It's going to ruin your life. It's going to ruin your country. It's going to steal the blessings from you. Mm. If you cannot learn to obey your father and your mother, how on earth are you going to obey your boss one day? Are you going to obey God one day? Yeah, it'll just be chaos everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so purge it out. Yeah. It's harsh. It is very isn't harsh. It? Yeah. It's really, really harsh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think in the same way, if we in a nation, like in some states in America, there's still the death penalty, it comes down to much the same thing, isn't it? Because if my child will continually disobey all authorities, starting with mom and dad, eventually he's going to end up in jail. Yeah. Eventually he's going to commit murder. His sin do, will kill him in any way. He's going to do foolish things and the state eventually will fulfill its role. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. That is truly... Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so a few rough ones. Um, at the end of the book, then, uh, Moses goes up the mountain after making these last statements to the nation. He passes away, and it says God himself came and buried him, and nobody could find his body. Mm. And then, um, uh, before he went, he already handed over the baton to Joshua. He blessed him with some final instructions. Uh, by this time, Joshua is a recognized leader in the nations he has already gone ahead in the wars that they fought um, uh, and this final war as well with the Moabites and the Midianites he was one of the head guys okay. ahead of the nation so they recognize him as la leader and in the start of the book of Joshua God will actually lift him up mm. in the sight of the nation and say ah the same anointing is on him as was yeah. on Moses he's confirmed in front of the people yeah. and it concludes the the book of Moses. Maybe a final notice just on the song of Moses. We actually get another song of Moses in the okay. Psalms, chapter 90, mm -hmm. which is one of the Psalms that actually captures the, the um, eternal essence of God uh, better than any other. Okay. It's incredible. But here is a song that God taught the nation, and he says to them, let this song always be sung, always be taught. So it's part of your kids' school curriculum. Every Israelite must learn the song. And the entire song is a prophecy of the road that they will walk all the way through the exile back to the return of the land. Hmm. It's literally a prophecy. He yeah, puts it in their mouth. a and prophetic says, word. Yes. So both warnings of when you go down the wrong road, and you will go down the wrong road, this is what's going to happen. Hmm. God's going to take you out of the land. But at the end of it, the grace of a return. And God will be gracious when you cry out to him and you will return to the land and he'll give it back to you. Mm, mm. It's incredible. Sounds amazing. The power of music. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, in chapter 32, I see. It's like the national anthem of Israel yeah. back in the day. <laughs> A prophetic song. Yeah. Just imagine. Fascinating. I think our, our national anthem is a prayer as well, if I'm not Absolutely. mistaken. Yeah. I think it is a prayer. Bless us, Lord God. Yeah. Bless Africa. Yeah.
Listen, as we look forward then, we're going to go into the book of Joshua. They're going to take possession of the land. And then eventually we're going to have the kings and the prophets like Elijah and mm. the Amos and all of these guys. So it's maybe worth stopping on chapter 17 and 18 okay. before we leave Deuteronomy. Okay. Um, and we're going to refer back to chapter 17 quite a bit as we move forward. Okay. Because it becomes the measuring stick for what is a good king over Israel. Okay. Um, and it's an interesting measuring stick. So if we look forward, we're going to have Saul, then we're going to have David, then we're going to have the great wealthy King Solomon. Mm. Um, consider what the measuring stick says about a Solomon and many of the other guys. Uh, one of the most wealthiest kings uh, is Manasseh, mm -hmm. but he's one of the evilest kings. <laughs> sure. So we sort of think on the outer uh, as successful, but God looks at something different. Yes. So listen to what he says about the king. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, and you have taken possession of it and settled in it, and if you say, which they will, to Samuel, let us set a king over us like all the other nations around us, be sure to appoint over you a king the Lord your God chooses. He must be from among your fellow Israelites. Do not place a foreigner over you, one who is not an Israelite. Later, King Herod is actually an Edomite. Um, so it's interesting. It's going to yeah. happen that other people, wrong. Yeah. Verse 16, the king, moreover, must not acquire great numbers of horses for himself or make the people return to Egypt to get more of them. For the Lord has told you, you are not to go back that way again. This is exactly what Solomon did. Hmm. He became a tradesman for the horses of Egypt. <laughs> sure. And um, he must not take, any, uh, take many wives, David already S Solomon. and Solomon, or his heart will be led astray, which it was. Yeah. Yeah. He must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. <laughs> he had a fleet to go and buy uh, the gold of Ophir. <laughs> right? uh, it was incredible. His, his palace was full of gold yeah. and ivory and all sorts. He had 600 shields, human-sized shields in the palace made oh. of pure gold and 300 half-sized ones. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a bit of cash going around there. Yeah. And when he takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law taken from the Levitical priest. It is to be with him, and he is to read it all the days of his life, so that he may learn to revere the Lord his God and follow carefully all of his words. Um, and then he will have a long reign. Uh, that's the instructions for the king. And as I said, we're going to refer back to this mm. and say, how does this king measure up? Okay. Does he remember the law of the Lord? Um, and then there's instructions to chapter 18, also from verse 14, for the prophet. Um, the nations you will dispossess, listen to those who practice sorcery or divination. But as for you, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, isn't that interesting? This is what you asked. I don't want to hear the Lord myself. It's too fearful. You go and listen, Moses, and you tell us what God says. So what you asked is, you be the prophet. Yeah. Interesting. Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, or we will die. The Lord said to me, 
What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. And then there's a test. Those last verses is just a test. How do we know if this prophet has spoken the word of God? And the test is simple. If what he says happens, that's the test. Because <laughs> God doesn't lie. That's why they say the prophets are black and white. <laughs> yeah. It's either right or it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now, and then if you get later, it wrong, you get stoned, right? Yes, 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 absolutely. In Scripture later, there's, there's different tests as well because not everything can be tested. Some, yeah. some stuff is like, Voldu, you must sell your car and buy another car. Mm. All right? There's not a if it happens because yeah. you're going to choose Whether is it God or is it yes. not God. So there's other tests as well. But this is quite simple, isn't it? Yeah. Eh? Does it come to pass or not? If he lies, it's not God. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the book of Deuteronomy. Again, just the wrap up is remember. Yeah. Remember, love God, fear God. Yeah. Mm. And that's a good reminder for us. I think those are three things that you mentioned in the beginning. And it, like you say, it's a refrain throughout the book. I think it's something if you've been listening to, to kind of make it these points that you go, okay, am I re remembering what God has done for me? Uh, am I fear? Uh, do I have fear for the Lord yeah. um, in the appropriate way? Yes. Um, and then do I love the Lord, my God, firstly mm. and foremostly? I think they can yeah. be, they can be, flip the other way around whatever whatever um, position you put those three they will always be relevant so next time we're going to go into joshua yep the yep. action starts yes and we'll see joshua putting up those monuments when they go through the jordan they're remembering uh, fearing god obeying and then loving god so i'm excited to go into that and yes. as you said going even further gets yeah. a bit more <laughs> dim and dark but we'll get through that as well <laughs> we'll get the victory part first we will first. thanks again Garth really appreciate it uh, that was a quick one through Deuteronomy and I'm sure you all are spending time reading through your word but maybe take some time out to just go reflect on some of the things that Garth pulled up today because there's so much wealth to, to, to grab from it so until next time bye bye